it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I can be who it says I can be. And I will have what it says I can have. Today, I will hear the word of God. I boldly declare that my mind is alert. My heart is receptive. My ears are open. And I better not go to sleep. I'll never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for your word. It's always a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. And so, Father, we know that you're here. We know, Father, that your spirit is present. We know that your word will become alive as we teach it. So I step back so you can use me as an oracle of God. And I thank you for speaking to our hearts, renewing our minds, and changing our lives as we put into practice what we hear. And I declare in Jesus' mighty name for signs, miracles, and wonders to follow our lives as a result of your word. And it's in Jesus' name I pray. Let everybody say amen. Amen, amen. God bless you. You may be seated here in the house. You may be seated at home. Today I'm uh, concluding our series entitled Levels. Everybody say Levels. And the focus of this series has been centered around giving, living, and serving at new levels. And let me say this one more time. In order for you and I to go to a new level, we must be willing, say willing, we must be willing to leave the level that we're on. So if you're taking notes today, or if you have your notes, our message title is Next Level Serving. Next Level Serving. I'm excited about this message. Because next level serving is what it was to help me identify my personal purpose in the kingdom. Say amen to that. And the purpose of today's message is to highlight the importance of serving God and serving others. And our role model, who is Jesus, I believe made it clear on why he came here in the earth. As a matter of fact, it can be summarized into two things. His purpose was to save and to serve. Everybody say Jesus' purpose was to save and to serve. Matthew chapter 18, verse 11, they're going to put it on the screen, says, For the Son of Man, Jesus, is come to save that which was lost. And Matthew 20, 28 says, Just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. And so since Jesus is our role model, if he came to serve, what do you think you and I's purpose here on this earth is to do? It is to serve. Everybody say, I'm supposed to serve. Our service to God and others should be in the form of what I'm going to call this morning good works, which in the kingdom can be translated as fruit. Everybody say good works is fruit. Now in Ephesians chapter 2 verse 8, here's one thing that I want to highlight because we do not do good works to be saved. In fact, let me say that again. We do not say do not. We do not do good works to be saved. We are doing these good works because we're saved. I'm going to say it again. We don't do good works because 
it saves us. We do good works because we're saved. Because there are some denominations teach and preach that you're not saved if you don't do good works. And then they teach you that if after you get saved, if you don't do good works or keep doing them, then you lose your salvation. Well, if I lose my salvation based on the works that I'm doing or not doing, then I'm saved by my works. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 8 says this, For by grace are you saved through faith. And even that's not of yourselves. It is the gift of God. Verse 9, not of works. Everybody say not of works. Not of works, lest any person should be should boast. For we, you and I, are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto good works which God has ordained that we should walk before in them. Now I'm going to read that in the Amplified Version and then in the Message Translation. This is so good. Listen to this. For we are God's own handiwork. We are his workmanship. We have been recreated in Christ Jesus, born anew, that we may do those good works which God predestined and planned ahead of time or beforehand for us, taking paths which he has prepared ahead of time. That we, listen, should walk in them. Should walk in what? Should walk in these good works. Watch this. And when we walk in these good works, living the good life. Everybody say living the good life. Listen, there's no way on God's green earth that when you're walking in God's ways that your life shouldn't be better now than it was before you were saved. I'm not sure why we always start contemplating on going back. Well, ain't nothing back there. When the devil starts tipping you on going back, why are you going back? Your life should be better now than it was before then. Look in the message translation of Ephesians chapter 2 verse 10. It says, no, we neither make nor save ourselves. God both, he does both the making and the saving. He, God, creates each of us by Christ Jesus to join him in the work that he does. The good work he has gotten ready for us to do, work we had better be doing. So just look at your name and say, you better be doing some work. Come on, if you're watching me online, you better be doing some work. Amen. So I have, I think I have six points, but they're short points. So we're going to get them all in today. And if you are a great class, Elder Evan won't come out. <laughs> so here's point number one, if you're taking notes. We were created to do good works. We were created to do good works. Just like a chair was created to be used to, to sit in. Just like a camera was designed for us to take pictures. Just like weaves are designed to wear. Why y'all react on that one? That's what you do with weaves, right? Right. Just like dogs were designed to bark. Cats were designed to meow. Then we were created to do good works. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 10 says this. For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do what? To do good works. So here's a take home statement that I want to give you right up front. Until you find your personal purpose function in your created purpose. I'm going to say that again. Until you find your personal purpose, function in your created purpose. See, most people never discover their personal purpose. You say, what do you mean by personal purpose, Pastor Evan? I mean the very thing that God put you here to do. 
the very specific thing that nobody else can do the way you do it. Oh, you might be a doctor like everybody else is a doctor, but God created you to be one. And because he has, can't nobody be one like you. So he's created us. And until you and I find what that personal purpose is, we need to do what our created purpose is. And that created purpose is to do good works. When you look that word works up, it means acts, deeds, and labor. Everybody say acts, deeds, and labor. So in that verse, it really should read like this. For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do acts, deeds and labor and this is one of the things that the world should see in us and see us do so they can glorify God Matthew chapter 5 verse 16 says let your light so shine before men watch this so that they can see your work church good works and when they see you and I do good works then it's going to cause them to glorify their, our Father which is in heaven. Now, there are all different types of good works, and I believe we should be involved in all types of good works. Because if you just do kingdom good works, then you, listen, those are people who are uh, no earthly good, but all heavenly good. And then if you're just doing earthly works, well, I'm going to sign, I'm going to make sure that everybody signed up to vote. Well, that's wonderful. And you should do that. Those are good works. And if you are a believer, you're going to get credit for all of that. But if you just do all natural good works, ain't nobody going to get saved. They just going to get signed up to vote. Come on, church. But the Bible says when you and I do good works, it causes people in the world to glorify the Father. Why? Because we've been created in Christ Jesus to do good works. And if it's in Christ Jesus, there are kingdom works. Now, the Living Bible of Matthew chapter 5 verse 15 says this. Don't hide your light. Let it shine for all. Now, if you notice here, it didn't call it a little light. I know we all growing up sang the song, at least most of us, if you over 40, come on, this little, what you going to do? Y'all old as heck. I'm just playing. No, no, we, we sang it. This little light. So we were conditioned that our light is little, but your light's not little because the Bible doesn't say that it is. It says, let your light shine before all men. That's what the scripture says. The living Bible says, don't hide your light. Let it shine for all. Let your good deeds, there's that word, glow for all to see so that they will praise your heavenly father. Now, I love what the apostle Paul said to Titus uh, in Titus chapter 2 verse 7. This is what it says. He says, Titus, and I'm going to say to you, word of the truth and those of you who are viewing, in all things, everybody say in all things, in all things, you know what you need to do? Show yourself as a pattern of what? Good works. Now, what's interesting is that word pattern means a stamp, a scar or an example. So what he's saying here is, uh, listen, as believers in everything that we do, we need to show ourselves as a pattern, a stamp, a scar, an example of good works. In fact, when you look that word uh, example up, it means a stamp or a scar which relates to our modern day tattoo. In other words, he's saying, listen, you need to show yourself 
as an example or as a pattern of good works. So when people leave your presence, you leave a scar on them. In fact, this word pattern shows up in 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 12 in a different verse, uh, in a different English word. I'm going to read it. It says, let no man despise your youth, Timothy. But he says, be an example. There's that word pattern. Be example or pattern of the believers. How? In word, in conversation, in charity, in spirit, in faith. In other words, Paul was telling Titus. He says, listen, I want you to be a pattern, an example of good works. And that's the only way the world is going to determine us from them. Amen. So since we were created in Christ Jesus to do good works, then here's my question. How does does it benefit us? I mean, if I'm doing all this for God and for other people, how do doing good works benefit us? Here's point number two if you're taking notes. We're expected to produce fruit. First of all, that's one way it's going to benefit you. God expects us to produce fruit. Romans chapter 7 verse 4 says this. Wherefore, my beloved brethren, you are also become dead to the law by the body of Christ, that you and I should be married to another, that's Jesus, even to him, watch this, who is raised from the dead, that we should bring forth fruit to who? He's telling us. We're designed to bring fruit to God. Now, I like this verse for single people because it says that uh, that we should be married to another, even to him who is raised from the dead. So if you if you single, you marry. Why are you chasing after sugar daddy when you got big daddy on the line? There you go. There you go. There you go. He coming. Why are you chasing sugar daddy when you got big daddy? Come on, that ain't in the Bible, but say amen to that. (laughs) Romans 7, 4 told us that we should bring fruit unto God. Listen to John 15, 16. I'm not going to read the whole verse, but he says, you, this is Jesus talking, you have not chosen me, but I have chosen you. And then this is what Jesus said, I've ordained you. In other words, I've set you apart. I've designed you. I've created you. I've called you that you should go and do what, church? Bring forth fruit. So we're expected to bring forth fruit. Now, let me ask you something. Have you ever expected your kids to do something because you told them to do it before you left the house? I don't know about y'all. We was growing up. We had like chores in our house we call them duties I don't know what they call it nowadays because half the kids don't clean up but but you got it listen but, but listen but this is the mama of the day before I get home those dishes better be your room better be somebody we had the same parents didn't we God expects us to produce fruit. Here's point number three. Good works is the same as producing good fruit. I'm going, I'm going down this lane for, for a reason. Good works is the same as producing good fruit. In other words, listen. First of all, we were created to do good works or produce fruit. God expects that from us. And when we do good works, it's the same as producing good fruit. Colossians chapter 1 verse 9 says this. For this cause... We also, since the day we've heard it, 
do not cease to pray for you and to desire that you should you might be filled with the knowledge of his will and all wisdom and spiritual understanding. Let me just stop there and say, notice that God wants us to be filled with the knowledge of his will. The reason why you filled with all the latest dances is because you filled with Instagram and TikTok. The reason you know all the latest drinks that's out, because you feel with them. Here he comes, here he comes, he coming. Why do you think they call them spirits? Do y'all notice that, you know, some of the places y'all go to buy liquor and stuff? It says drinks and Parents. That means Casper's in there. But he's a friendly ghost, right? For this cause, that we be filled with wisdom and spiritual understanding. Watch verse 10. That you and I might walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing. And then this is one way that we please him and walk worthy, being fruitful, how, church? In every, what? Good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. In other words, church, we should be fruitful in every good work. I want you to notice how they made fruitful equal to good works. Watch Titus chapter 3 verse 13. It says, bring Zenos the lawyer or the attorney and Paulos on their journey diligently that nothing be wanting unto them. Watch verse 14. And let ours also learn, watch this now, to maintain what? Good works. Notice now, good works. Why? For necessary uses that they may not be what? Unfruitful. So when you and I do good works, we are fruitful. When we stop doing good works, we become unfruitful. Y'all are good. So based on the mouth of two or three witnesses, in Scripture we can see that producing fruit is equivalent to producing good works. Everybody say producing fruit is equivalent to producing good works. In other words, when we do good works, it qualifies us as producing fruit. And producing fruit means, let's listen, if we're going to produce fruit as God's people, we have to see ourselves as seeds. How do fruit come into manifestation? Someone had to plant a seed for it to come. And so for you and I to produce fruit in the kingdom, we have to see ourselves as seeds. Psalm 92 verse 12 says, The righteous shall flourish like the palm tree. He shall grow like a cedar in Lebanon. Verse 13, Those that be planted where church? Where? In the house of the Lord shall do what? Flourish in the courts of our God. And verse 14 says, and they shall still bring forth fruit in their old age. They shall be fat and flourishing. That's what I'm talking about. He said, and no matter how old you get, you ought to still be producing some fruit. You ought to be fat and flourishing. 
Look at Psalm 1, verse 1. Blessed is the man that walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor seat in the seat of the scornful. But his delight, her delight is in the word of the Lord, or the law of the Lord. And in his law does he meditate day and night. Verse 3, here we go. And he or she shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water. And what happens? They bring forth what, church? Fruit, where? In their season. So listen. We've been created in Christ Jesus to do good works. God expects us to do them. But we just found out that doing good works, it's the same as producing fruit. Are you all with me so far? Okay, so you say, well, Pastor Edwin, why do you make a big deal out of it? Because point number four is this. Producing fruit gives us asking status with God. Now, see, if you can get this one right here, your life can go to a whole nother level. Because a lot of the stuff you buy, somebody ought to be blessing you with. So I don't know about that, Pastor Evan. Well, I tell you what, let me just let you, let's just marinate on this, on this point right here. Producing fruit gives us asking status with God. So this is the benefit that I was talking about. What is the benefit? Why should we be serving God and serving others? Why should we be doing good works? Why should we be coming to church and ushering and greeting and serving the kids and, and on the cameras and singing and all? Why should we do that? Because when we do good works, which is producing fruit, it puts us in a position of asking status. John 15 verse 16 says this. You have not chosen me, but I've chosen you. And I've ordained you that you should go and bring forth what church? What church? fruit and then he says but your fruit needs to remain and we're going to talk about that in a minute but let's look at the promise of producing fruit he says when we produce fruit whatsoever you shall ask of the father in my name he'll give it to you now let me qualify that let me qualify that because you can be out there and be like well, Pastor, I asked God to be in the NBA and I didn't even make it to the overseas league. Let me qualify everything we ought to be asking. Let me put a sub in there and says it needs to be according to his will. First John chapter 5 tells us that. So, Sometimes, you know, we, we, you say, well, Pastor Evan, how do I know his will? Well, his will is his word. And all you have to do is stay in his word so it can renew your mind. And your mind will know what God wants you to do. Amen to that. He says, whatever we ask the Father in, our na- in his name, he'll give it to us. In other words, Jesus is giving us a blank check and he's saying, you just put it in there and I'll sign it. Man, do y'all understand that? That means if I know I'm producing fruit and there are several ways to produce fruit, one of them is what I was teaching last week on producing fruit through your wealth. That's why Solomon, most people don't know this, but one of the reasons God came to Solomon and said, Solomon, ask me for whatever you want. If you read before that what Solomon did, Solomon gave God a fruit or sacrifices through his giving. That's why last week I taught on giving. But in this case, I'm going to show you somebody in the Old Testament who was producing fruit and they ended up getting asking status with God. This is a guy named Hezekiah. So we're going to go to 2 Kings chapter 20. 2 Kings 20 and we're going to look in verse 1. Because when you, when you produce fruit, you and I are in a position to ask God. Now here's the problem. You, you are in control of what you're asking. 
you're not in control of how long it takes. I'm going to say that over here. I said, you and I are in control with what we ask from God, but we're not in control of how long it takes. I'm going to say that one for the Father, one for the Son. Let's say one for the Holy Ghost. I'm going to say that one to this one in the stream live right here. I said, we are in control of what we ask God for. We are not in control of how long it takes. Because if that was the case, I would have, we would have been in a building in year two. It took 13 years. I might have been in control of what to ask, but I was certainly not in control of how long it took. But sometimes we, 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 we don't understand what God is doing in us while he's trying to do something for us. Because see, while I thought I was building the building, I was being built. See, there's some things that you will learn. That's why it says it's through faith and patience we inherit the promises of God. They don't come overnight. Listen, if God gave us everything overnight, we would be spar brats. No, some things take time. But you have to understand that time is... Listen, if you don't put on patience, time will be your enemy. So sometimes you just got to wait on the Lord. It says that. Wait on the Lord. What, what am I waiting on? I'm not just waiting on what he promised me. I'm waiting to do what he wants me to do in the midst. And while we're waiting, while I was waiting on this building, God taught me a whole lot. He taught me how to believe for increase without, watch this, without asking people to give it. See, if you want your budget at home, I'm off my notes right now. I'm off. I'm off. I know I'm off. So if I go over a little bit, this is why right here. But this is for somebody. See, your job does not necessarily dictate what you earn. It only dictates how many hours you work. No, no, no. What dictates your increase is your connection with God. Remember, he's the source and everything else is a resource. So instead of complaining about your check or instead of looking at the, the, what comes in from your business, why don't you start de de declaring what you want to see God bring in? And I learned how to do that in the early days. I'll never forget. I'm going to say this story and then I'm going to get off of this. So uh, years ago, I learned how to, 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 to declare increase. As long as you are a giver, God has to return it back to you, good measure, press down, shaking together, and running over. If you gave ten thousand, God, if He gives you back ten thousand, you didn't earn that. That that was just He just repaid you. God's not in the repayment business as much as He's in the increase business. And I'll never forget. Uh, I learned how to just declare. So w w when we were first started our church, we needed six thousand dollars a week to come into our church. That's a lot of money. $6,000 a week. I had never had $6,000 worth of bills in my life. But I knew I, we started sowing. That's why our church gives. So we started giving. And so I gave God this confession. I said, Father, I thank you that we're a true family church. We're a giving church. And because we are, you said men will give back to our bosom. Good measure, press down, shaking together, running over. And so, Father, I declare, declare because we are a giving church 
that, Father, I declare in Jesus' name for a minimum of $6,000 coming into this church in Jesus' mighty name without stress, strain, or struggle. And I said it, and I said it, and I said it, and I said it, and I said it. And I didn't keep saying it so God, because God didn't hear me. I kept saying it because how does faith come, church? It comes by hearing. Well, who needs faith for it to happen? Me. So I kept saying it. He said, well, I asked God to get married. I ain't married yet. You ain't said it enough. So I kept saying it, saying it, saying it over and over and over. And finally, $6,000 a week started coming in. I'll never forget. One week, 4000 came in. And I was like, Lord, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. I've been confessing six. And the following week, eight came in. He made up for the two that didn't come in for the previous week. So here's the story. So, so the Lord, we had got to a point where we were uh, around $35,000 a week that was coming in, right? And the Lord told me one day to, to confess 50. I said, I'm not doing that. It's a big jump between 35 and 50. I said, because I was going in small increments, right? You know, where my faith was. But then he told me a number. He said, I want you to say 50. I said, I'm not saying that. Now, don't look at me like you don't tell the Lord no. I said, no, I'm not doing that. So some time went by. And all of a sudden, it was a cold day. And this is when we used to sit up and break down. And I don't know about you, but regular saints don't come to church when it's cold. Trying to stay. He trying to come out. I'm not letting him. <laughs> Regular saints don't come out when it's cold. And it was one of those cold Sundays. And I listen, it was so cold. I didn't want to come to church. And they said it was going to be bad. Winter advisory is going to be this. And oh, it's going to be treacherous weather. It wasn't. Man, I had went to Blockbuster, bought some movies. We was going to stay at home and watch the movies. If you don't know what Blockbuster is, don't even worry about it. So anyway, long story short, here we go. So I go to church that Sunday. I don't even know what I preached because I didn't want to be there. And there was not a lot of people in church either. I'm talking about like half of half of half was there. So I was like, boy, that was a waste. And so, you know, we get home and everything. So that Monday, the finance people give me the totals. And the total was the amount of money as if everybody came to church that Sunday. That blew my mind. Because I know there was not enough people in church. This was before online giving this stuff. I was like, wow. And God had put it on one member's heart that Sunday to just give an extra $10,000. What am I saying? Asking status. So listen to what happened with Hezekiah. It says, in those days, Hezekiah was sick unto death. And the prophet Isaiah came to him, who was the son of Amos, and said, Thus says the Lord, set your house in order. You're going to die and not live. Listen, if the Lord tell you you're dying, go on and get your will together. You're going down. <laughs> you are going down. Then Hezekiah, the Bible says, he turned his face to the wall and he prayed. Or he said to the Lord, I beseech you, Lord, remember, because this is what you do when you know you're producing fruit. You point back at the fruit and you talk to God and say, remember. He said, do you remember, God, how I walked before you in truth with a perfect heart? And I've done that which was good in your sight. And Hezekiah wept. And then it came to pass before Isaiah was gone out of the middle of the court that the word of the Lord came to him saying, turn again, go back and tell Hezekiah. Thus says the Lord, 
The God of David, thy father, I've heard your prayer. I've seen your tears. And behold, I will heal you on the third day. And you will go back into the house of the Lord. Hezekiah knew he had asking status with God. So here's point number three as we close. Point number five. Sorry, point number five. Works or our fruit must maintain in order for consistent asking status to remain. I'm going to say that again. Works must maintain in order for consistent asking status to, to remain. John 15, 16, it says, You have not chosen me, but I've chosen you. And I've ordained you that you should go and bring forth fruit. Here's what he said, though. And that your fruit should what? Remain. That word remain means to continue to be faithful. Titus chapter 3, verse, uh, Titus 3, verse 8 says... This is a faithful saying, and these things will I affirm constantly, that they which have believed in God, watch this now, might be careful to do what? Maintain what? Good works. Maintain good works. 1 Corinthians chapter 15 says, but be thanks, but thanks be unto God, which gives us victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my beloved, he's talking to the church. He says, I want you to be steadfast. I want you to be what? Unmovable. What's the next word, church? Come on, say it again. Come on, say it again. Always, as you know, always abounding in what? See, the production of good fruit in every season in our lives should not be situational based. And see, the devil knows. He knows if he can get us to stop producing fruit, it interrupts our asking status. He knows that. And this is why he gets so many people offended in church. Some of us wake up wanting to be offended. We just wake up and we say, I wonder who can offend me today. And you look for offense. And you find it too because you're going to find what you're looking for. So you, look, you left this church because they, they offended you and then you left this church, they offended you and then you left, I'm talking to somebody right now, I'm talking to somebody right now. You left that church, they offended you and they offended you. And said, listen, let me just say this, until you let go of the original offense, you're going to find offense in every church. So our works and our fruits have earthly and eternal rewards. So I'm going to end here. I'm not going to read all the verses. I want you to go home and I want you to look up 1 Corinthians chapter 3 because it talks about that we get rewarded for our good works. And what I find is that Christians, first of all, don't even know they have asking status. Don't even know it. So we do all these things. We do work, you know, in the kingdom. We do work in the world. And ain't nothing wrong with doing both. You need to do both because you, you don't want to be so heavenly minded. You're no earthly good. When people see you outside of church, they don't see you doing nothing but just praising the Lord. Hey, can you, can you, like, uh, can you uh, volunteer for the United Way drive? Uh, no, I'm, I'm sorry. I, I don't have the time. Oh, but you serve at church, and I'm not saying don't listen. I'm saying you need to be balanced. Say amen to that. So there are reasons that we have dry seasons. It's because our fruit production stops. And a lot of times fruit production stops because, first of all, the devil, he uses our own sins that don't nobody else know about to keep us from coming to church. 
Yeah. You know, and, and I can say what I'm going to say because you don't know who it is. But, uh, you know, we have online and physical church and online because of the pandemic and all that. But I had someone who sent me a, a, a message saying, Pastor, I haven't been to church because I'm shacking. We don't know you shacking. Come on, bring your shack and come to church. Maybe when you at church, the shack will fall off. We don't know. But don't nobody know, but we think everybody know. Everybody don't know. Fruit producing stops when we trust in our own plans. And we want to do things our way. Amen. Fruit producing stops when we forget that our source of strength to produce even the good fruit comes from being connected to the vine. Jesus said, I'm the vine and my father is the husband. Every branch in me that don't bear fruit, he takes away. But even the branches that are bearing fruit, he purges us that we may bring forth even more fruit. Listen, when you're producing fruit and some challenges come your way, all God's trying to do is chisel fat off of you. That fat is called flesh. Amen. And his whole design is so that we can produce more fruit. Sometimes fruit production stops. When the seeds of a harvest in the due season was never sown in my previous season. In other words, Galatians 6, 9 says, let us not be weary in well-doing for in due season we will reap if we don't faint. See, a lot of times when due season comes, the harvest doesn't show up because we stop producing fruit and sowing seeds in our previous uh, uh, time frame. See, if you need a harvest now, that means you should have sown some seeds in your previous life. Yeah. Say amen to that. So how are we going to apply this? How are we going to apply this? Here's number one. How do we activate today's word? Number one, activate your faith by doing good works. Get involved in your church. Get involved and do. Listen, get involved and stay involved. Find something to do. Everybody say find something to do. Find something to do. I think to a certain degree churches hurt church people because we pay for everything to be done. Okay. Come on now. I was when I was being raised in the church, I helped clean the bathrooms. I know we, we got cleaning people. But even in between, you know, services when we have two. We need people to help that. The cleaning crew going to come in after the fact. Amen. Y'all didn't take that well at all. Edit that point out, all right? Here's number two. Start asking God for things you can't buy or can't do that only he can do. Number three. Never stop doing good works regardless of what's going on in your life. Number four, keep your faith on the cutting edge of your works by keeping a constant positive attitude and consistent confession. Listen, every time you do something for the Lord or you do something, do some good works, remind God of the promise. Lord, I thank you. You said when I produce fruit and my fruit remains. You said, I have asking status with you. I just want to remind you. And then while you're reminding him, you're keeping yourself in faith. And then here's the last one. Never allow, this is good right here. I'm going to close with this one. Never allow 
the irritations, the ignorance, or the isolation of those around you to stop you from serving. Never let the irritations, the ignorance, the isolation. Girl, I stopped coming to church. Why? So-and-so made me mad. Well, I'm going to stop coming too. You don't even know who so-and-so was. And the sad part is you only heard one side of a story. Amen. So with every head bowed, every eye closed, I believe this series on new levels has been designed to push us and encourage us to new levels. So I want you to ask yourself the question, what is the Holy Spirit saying to me today? What is he saying? Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you that the word has fallen on good ground. It's on good ground. And your word says when the word falls on good ground, it will produce 30, 60, even 100 fold in our lives. And so I thank you for those who are listening and watching that today they'll make a decision right there at their seats, right there at home, they'll make a decision that I'm going to take my good works and my fruit to another level. And Lord, I thank you for us asking for things we've never asked before. Believing for things we don't have the strength financial capacity or even education to be able to get on our own and I thank you for great things happening in our lives in Jesus name with every head still bowed maybe you're here in the house or you're watching me at home here's a question that I have